Hey superstars, welcome to another week of the Virtus Performance Podcast. Uh, we've just finished recording episode 87. Uh, we have the wonderful Tessa Bottomley, uh, former gymnast, former gymnastics coach, former horrible netball player. That's a direct quote from her. <laughs> um, Tessa is one of our younger coaches, coaches, coaches? Coaches at Virtus Performance. Uh, she's someone who spent three months with us last year doing our mentorship program. She spent a couple a year or so before that as a client. Uh, she's someone that's been steadily rising through the ranks, and she's probably about eighteen to twenty four months away from taking my job. So, <laughs> and she's still sitting in front of me, so I have to be nice. Uh, today's conversation was a lot of fun. We dove into her experiences through high school, uh, through that phase that we all go through of figuring out what the hell you want to do with your life um, that we're all still going through. Uh, we talked a little bit about uni, a little bit about sport and being a coach, uh, about what she learned, has learned from all those experiences and, and how she wants to utilise all of those learnings to make herself and everyone around her a better person. Uh, Tess is about to dive into her first year of her physiotherapy degree uh so we had a little bit of a chat about the excitement and nerves and and fears and and stuff around what's coming up with that and how she wants to grow and transcend who she currently is as a person so without further ado here is tessa My personal and business goal is to be just a little bit better every day. I believe everyone, especially normal people, have a story to tell. The Virtus Podcast exists to help us all find small ways of consistent improvement by discussing the journey and experiences of each of our guests. Tessa, Tessa, Tessa. Welcome to the podcast. Thank you. Hello. Uh, hello. Hello. <laughs> hello. You've uh, you finally managed to, to sneak your way on. You've been yeah, it's only been like ages. six months. Yeah, it's been, it's been an interesting six months. Yeah. It's been long but short, like long. really quick but gone really, really slow. Here's how I like to like describe that, right? It's gone quick but lots of stuff's happened. Yeah. If it doesn't feel like that. Oh, it feels like that, but it also feels like nothing's happened. Like, yeah, I don't know. It's weird. The past year just doesn't feel like it happened, but it did. And I don't feel like I achieved much, but I did. It's <laughs> <laughs> a good way to start. Have you allowed yourself to actually, like, look back and kind of go, well, you know, 12 months, 12 months, 12 months ago, Tessa would have been, like, like mind-blown by what yeah. you've been able to achieve. Yeah, I think that, and I get into like, oh, I didn't do anything. I didn't achieve anything last year. And then I actually am like, hang on a second. I did a lot. And compared to where I was the year before, I changed a lot and overcame a lot. So So if you keep going in that trajectory, you'll be like, yeah, way better than everyone pretty soon. <laughs> Not quite. But. Not quite. All right, first question for you. What gets you out of bed in the morning? My legs. <laughs> <laughs> just, just a little bit of uh, 
backstory. backstory. I told Tessa that we had that question coming up and she said, my alarm. And I said, about 12 people have said that. So she thought, I'm going to come up with an answer that no one said yet. So why your legs? Because if I didn't have them, actually, this is going to contradict myself. I was going to say, <laughs> if I didn't have them, I wouldn't get out of bed. But there's people without legs that get out of bed. So, um, oh, no. <laughs> <laughs> You've been too smart for your own good. Yes. Um, because they're the first things that hit the ground and they're what I used to get out of bed. Good. (laughs) (laughs) Once you're out out of bed, why do you do what you do? Um, this is going to get a little bit deeper now. (laughs) Um, I, I don't know. Growing up, I loved what I was doing. I loved sport and the impact all my coaches had on me and figured if I can have a little bit of impact like them, that would be pretty cool. What sports did you participate in growing up? I did everything. I was pretty crap at most of them. But I did – gymnastics was one I did for longest. Um, I did that for 13, 14 years. I also did dancing, swimming – Netball, athletics, pole vault, aerobics. Um, I think that's about all of them. Lots of stuff. Yeah. I like to just try everything and then realise I wasn't good at it and so <laughs> not do it anymore. And then try something else. <laughs> Pretty much. And then you're stuck with gymnastics because you were decent gymnastics. Yeah. Good. Why, why all the sports? Was it just something you love to do or your sporty family? A uh, bit of both. I... I don't do much if I have lots of time on my hands. I'm very unproductive, if yeah. that's a word. Um, like, I would sit at home on the couch for 12 hours of the day if I could. And so if I fill up my days with lots, <laughs> I don't sit on the couch for 12 hours a day. And you do and, stuff. Yeah, and so, like, during primary school, if I wasn't doing something after school, I wasn't doing something. And so I figured well, I may as well just do lots. Makes so. sense. Is that something you've carried into your very short so far adult <laughs> life? Um, I think it's helped me realise what works in my life and what doesn't. And last year, I think when I look back on last year, the reason I sometimes think I didn't achieve much is because I didn't do much with my days. And so to me personally because I had lots of free time, I felt like I didn't really do anything. Um, and But I needed that after I finished Year 12 yeah. because I did lots in Year 12 and then needed a break, so. Yeah, and, and uh, the, the cool thing, uh, like one of the things I was talking about before is like the, the thing I love about this podcast is I can have someone on that's 60, 70, been through an incredible amount of life experiences. We can have someone that's like in the, in the midst of like, a quarter life crisis and then we can have someone like you and last week jazz who (laughs) is in in uh quotation marks 12 (laughs) with so much ahead of you but i think we don't like i'm 27 now we don't give you enough credit like how of how much life experience you guys can fit into such a short period of time um yeah talk talk me through and you know it's been you ready? It's been 12 years since I did year 12. Wow, you're old. No, 12 years. 10 years. No, 12 years. 10 years. I don't know why I said 12. How old are it's you? It's been 10 years. <laughs> it's 
It's been 10 years since I did year 12. <laughs> Memories got, going of the old age. In, yeah, I got caught up in the numbers. <laughs> and I remember it as being for some of us, like me who didn't really care too much about the result. I remember it being pretty cruisy, but my guess is that you weren't one of those students. Your guess is wrong. <laughs> I... Well, it's hard because through high school, I really applied myself and I really, really studied. And then, and same in year 11. And then when I got to year 12, I kind of didn't study nearly as much as what I had in the previous years. So to me, yeah. it felt really relaxed and like I That's good. didn't do much, but... You had all of those years of... Yeah. And I still, like, I did everything I had to and studied when I needed to and everything, but it wasn't nearly the amount that I'd put in previously. Like, I knew that I could have put in a lot harder, but didn't really want to. Do you think that there's too much pressure on that one year? Absolutely. As someone who's, like, freshly out? Yeah. Well, like, I had so many friends who stressed and worried and used to get so upset and didn't do very well like because they just always stressed always worried about it and never actually did much um and then we're so disappointed at the end and so upset um and then there was me who didn't really do that much and did quite well and just applied myself when I needed to sort of thing yeah um yeah. So you manage your resources. Yeah, kind of. Yeah. It's, it's, it's a cool way to look at it because I think you can, you know, go put everything into it and stress yourself to the point of, like, no return and yeah. not get the return you want. And, you know, can uh, your, are those friends that you kind of, like, have in your head, are they where they want to be now? Absolutely, yeah. yeah. And, like, at the time, I remember, like, they were so upset and then as soon as courses came out everyone got into what they wanted no one was yeah no one was upset like everyone was happy and was like oh well that was that was much to do about nothing yeah yeah i think it's, it's a really cool learning piece for like anyone that's either going to go through it or anyone that has kids that is yeah. going to go through it or anyone that's like brother sister friend of someone that's going to go through it it's it's really easy to say that yeah. hey it's not that big a deal um but until you actually go through it you don't realize that yeah and i think like there are lots of things wrong with VC and U12 and I um, could go on about them, but but everyone takes away something from it. Like I took away that I probably should have applied myself a little bit more and I needed to learn how to not burn out by the end of it and manage myself a little bit better. And then I had friends who took out of it that they really should have applied themselves more and yeah. that they did nothing and things like that. And so like, no matter what your score, you're going to take something out of it. Um, yeah. If you're aware enough to actually look back and kind of go, yes. yeah. I think I look at year 12 and like you can go to high school in general or uni in, uni in general as like a microcosm for life. Like it's, you know, a, a really intense period where you can either go all in, apply yourself, be smart about it, be tactical and give yourself time to like rest, rejuvenate to optimise what you're doing or you can just like throw (laughs) everything at it and, you know, see what happens. Run home crying every night and see what happens or you can just like, yeah, I'm just going to do fuck all. Yeah. And like, 
thinking about that in society where everyone, everyone there's a whole spectrum yeah. of people um, how does it change how you're about, how you're about to approach approach your first year of uni um i know that i'm a lot more um aware of the fact that i can burn out um and that i can't put 100% effort into everything all the time yeah. because it is not sustainable, um, which has helped me structure my time, make sure that I'm giving myself enough time off and to not feel guilty about it um, when I am giving myself time off. Um, I forgot what the question was now. <laughs> yeah, so, so you're going you're gonna to be a little bit smarter about resting and, yeah. and rejuvenating. And, yeah, and knowing that it's allowed and needed. Yeah. Yeah, that like, overwhelm isn't really going to help you in, no. in this situation. No, definitely not. And stress will just make it worse. And so yeah. putting extra stress on myself is not going to help. 100%. When, when you are in high school, did you know what you wanted to be when you grew up? No, definitely not. Uh, well, I went through, like, everything. I wanted to be a police officer and then I wanted to do hairdressing and then I wanted to – I wanted to do law and be a lawyer. Um and then when I actually finished year 12 and got my score, I was like, holy shit, I have no idea what I'm going to do. Like, I have this score and yeah. thousands and thousands of choices and yeah. none of them really clicked with me. And so then I just kept coaching and doing what I liked. And then eventually that opened up more doors for me. Um, it's funny how life works that way. Yeah, it is. It's crazy. <laughs> was, it, was there a moment... <clears throat> And this is like a two-part question. First part, do you now know what you want to do when you grow up? I think so. Um, when I was at uni on Monday, one of the lecturers said that there's like a 50% chance that what you have set in your head at the moment is not where you're going to be in four years when I finish my degree. Yeah. Um, and so I think I know where I want to be, but I'm not saying that's where I'm going to be. Just kind of open to new things and if something changes it then that's okay tell me what that looks like ideally i want to be one of the main physios for gymnastics as a sport and like aerobics cheer those sorts of sports um i kind of want to be the go-to person like if someone's injured then everyone just goes oh you have to see tessa she's awesome sort of thing um and then i also do want to be coaching kids still and working um, with them in their sport. Uh, awesome. Yeah. It's pretty, that's pretty, uh, clear, <laughs> pretty clear. Yeah. 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 I was, and you obviously started with the, I like sports bit, but like fourth, third year of uni, I was still like, I like sports. <laughs> I was like, hey, what are you going to do when you grow up? I like sports. <laughs> yeah. Football. <laughs> yeah. Ooh. Was there a, a moment or like a, a period of time between finishing year 12 and getting a score and obviously Monday at uni where you went, this is what I want to do? Um, I think during my mentorship at Pertus was a massive thing because I got to see Greg and see what he does. And shout out, <laughs> shout out to the fizz. Um, the fact that he doesn't work like any of the physios that I'd seen like growing up I went to the random physios in yeah. Frankston who work in 
offices that a are like box. two meters yeah. by two meters, and it's just like hi, bye, sort of thing. Like yeah. it's get just them in, get them out fifteen minutes. Yeah. Um, and so growing up, I'd always seen that and was like, no, I don't want to work in an office, and know that I don't want to work in an office like that. Um, and so seeing Greg and how he operates and the fact that he can still use all the gym equipment and he still does so much other stuff with his time and gets to travel everywhere and stuff like that really helped me realize that I don't have to be a typical physio that just sits in an office and doesn't really do much. Yeah, 100%. I guess as soon as you kind of see that light, then you start to realize, and it's something that I probably realized like four years after you, but it was just like the fact that you can pretty much, and this is like the thing they don't tell you as school kids, you can pretty much design your own career. Like yeah. You can design exactly what, how you want to live your life, Yeah. right? Like it's the middle of the day and we're sitting here recording a podcast, right? Like this morning I went and had some gin. Yeah. Like it's- it, You're deciding that. Like I'm deciding that. Yeah. And like, yes, I've got a heap of responsibilities and I'm going to have to catch up on later, <laughs> but- that it's completely by design. It's not, yeah. it's not an accident. And you look at someone like Greg and his life is exactly the same. He's, yeah. he's able to it's what he wants to do. travel and, and teach and, and, um, and consult and do all these different things because that's what he wants to do. Yeah. And I think we need to have like a, oh, I skipped over one of the questions I was going to ask you, but yeah, you know, if you, we were to change something about school, it's just like, you know, we need to spend some time people working on what they actually love to do. Yeah. And working on following your passions. What that is. And, following your yeah. passions, purpose, meaning, all the like the yeah. words that we, we use. But if we can do that, then, and, and tell kids that, hey, you don't have to. No, exactly. Be what you, want to. you don't have to yeah. be an accountant. You don't have to fit into this box of what it looks like. You don't have to be the physio that yeah. plays in a two by two box. Figure out what you want to do. Figure out how it serves the world. And then people will pay you for it if you're good yeah. enough. Oh, actually, that was the other thing that just reminded me of it. Um, the other thing that helped me realise that I don't have to just be a normal, just physio and yeah. that's it was Anna. Another shout out. Because she, like, she's a paramedic who teaches yoga. Like, yeah. I never in my life thought that was possible <laughs> to do both. Yeah. But it is. And it works. Yeah, exactly. And I, after I saw that, I was like, hang on, I can still coach. And be a physio and yeah. do what I want. And I was like, that's pretty cool. It's teachers are the strength coaches. Like this. Yeah. And that's just one example, but there's so many different things you can do. Yeah. Um, but you've got to actually design that life. Like you can't just sit down and do a physio Wait course. Wait for it to happen. Like, People are going to pay me to go all over the world and teach. Like you've, it's almost like there's, you've got to do the thing first and you've got to do it really well to a point where you're, you know, well respected and, yeah. and et cetera to be able to actually make that decision. Yeah. Yeah. Flashback, let's skip back to like school. If you were to wave a magic wand and change three things to help help kids be better prepared for the real world, what would you do? Um, one of them was just, so I went to two different high schools. I did year seven to 10 at one and then VC at another. The, yeah. yeah, I was at Paddo mm-hmm. and then Frankston. Um, yeah. Yeah, and yeah, everyone went there. <laughs> yeah, pretty much. Um, Pado was awesome because they, like, we had builders come and talk to us. We had paramedics. We yep. had like every single profession you could think of. Someone came and talked to us about it, um, 
and because I offered VCAL and VC and lots of different options, it was really good. So everyone kind of got a chance to see what they could. And then Frankston, it's like universities and like Monash Uni and yeah. Deakin Uni and everything's just pointing towards uni. And so like a lot of the people I knew they were their only option was uni. Yeah. It's like, well, it's not. You can do other yeah. things. And you had that experience because of... Yeah, that. and so definitely making it compulsory that schools have to actually show different options, like not just what there is offered there. That's a good answer. Um, I need two more things. Yeah, oh, no. yeah you do. Um, like, what were you thinking just on that? Like, I remember there was never a point in time while I was at school where I didn't think I was going to uni. Yeah. Like, and, like, if I was to do it again, I'd probably go the same path, but there was never that, like, do I go to uni, do I not? I could do something else. Yeah, I could yeah. do something else. And it wasn't, like, I was thinking, thinking the other day, so we were talking about this, and I was like, was it, like, a parent thing that mum and dad yeah. just expected me to go to uni? And, like, I don't remember a time where mum or dad said, you have to go to uni. Yeah. Um, so it was probably just a purely a perception thing or expectation thing from me. Yeah. Because of my environment. Like, mum and dad both went to uni and, you know, most of our extended family would have and things like that. But it was just always a... Yeah. It was always the next step after school. Yeah. But there are so many other options. Yeah, and that's... I definitely think that as well. Like, everyone from Frankston was like, oh, yeah, I'm going and doing this and yeah. going and doing that. And then I was like, I'm going to take a gap year <laughs> and I don't know what I'm going to do. And everyone, everyone that I said that wasn't taking a gap year that I said it to was like, why don't you just go to uni? Just figure out what just you want to do down. and just yeah. go. I was like, well, and just any meeny, miny, mo a degree. <laughs> like that's a lot of no, money to you do like, that. Go straight from school to uni and then like you go straight from uni to your job and then you work for 40 years and then you like retire. You retire and then you die. <laughs> yeah. And like so many people had that attitude. And then like before the census date, majority of the people that I knew that said that, had dropped out of their course because yeah. it wasn't what they wanted to do. And so also, actually, this is the second thing, making students aware that a gap year is allowed. Like schools, I think a lot of the reason that they don't promote it is they like the statistic that oh, 80% of our cohort got into their course and is yeah. studying this year. It's like, yes, but how many of them dropped out of yeah, their course? That's, a, and that's some good awareness from you. Yeah. That, that is definitely a problem. Yeah, and so I think, yeah, making sure that everyone knows there's so many more options out yeah. there than uni, and yeah. uni's still a good option. Like, it's not bad or anything. Yeah, no, it's, but it's just an option. Yeah. Um, and we're definitely moving fast, like, you know, we're moving fast past that need to go to uni as, yeah. like, the only option. Yeah. Um, I think it is, but out of coming from like coming out of school it's also not fast like yeah. it's in school yeah. like everyone who did vc and got was, was planning on yeah. going to uni like yeah um, it's, it, it'll probably take some time and it's yeah. just a perception change like definitely we start to realize that oh you don't need to go to uni to do what all the stuff you want to do yeah but this is like a like a part of that conversation that i think as, a, as someone that employs people, I see uni as like a, and obviously we have a mentorship and all these other hoops you guys got to jump yeah. through, but I see it as like, okay, you can commit to something for four years, yeah. three years. And that's why like 
people that have spent a long time in a sport, it's almost like a, a precursor to being yeah. good, at your, good at a job like this because yeah. it's hard and you've got to be disciplined, you've got to be consistent, you've got to show up and you've got to perform. Yeah. And uni's one of the things, like by or by no means is it like a precursor to being a good coach or being a good physio or anything. Oh, we kind of have to do it for good physio. Yeah. <laughs> Or a doctter, if you're, uh, if you're thinking yeah. about just sliding into medicine, it's you probably not can't. <laughs> but it's a, it's a good like yeah. starting point. It yeah. doesn't hurt. Definitely. And you start to learn how to think critically and you know, learn how to like go, okay, well, maybe that article that I read yeah, question or, that, or that YouTube and... video that I watched on Flat Earth wasn't the most uh, peer-reviewed yeah. piece that I've ever seen. Um, yeah, definitely. What's the last yeah. one? You need one more. Um... I think schools also need to put a little bit more importance on health. Um, I know mental health is quite a big thing for, like, in schools. They usually do kind of good at it, and it's promoted quite a lot. But especially in VCE, like, health and kids' health isn't put into or isn't a priority and like so many people I know stopped everything when they went into year 12 like stopped all sport and stopped doing everything and just studied all the time it's it's not healthy like it's you shouldn't be sitting down for that long and I think the fact that sport and like health as a subject aren't compulsory in I mean some of them aren't compulsory in like year 9 and 10 is a big issue because half your students might not be learning about something that's so important and will set them up for life. Um, There's a coach coming out, out in you, like that influence of health yeah. and movement. And, and yeah. Oh, even like I know that if I sat still for too long and didn't do anything, I just was unproductive, didn't do anything, like just would get agitated and... Yeah. Whereas if I went out for a walk and came back 20 minutes later... You feel fantastic. Yeah, yeah. you feel so much better. I've had two days at this desk and it's killing me. <laughs> I think that's, like, that movement piece and that, like, is if you get someone who goes to year 12, starts worrying about their results, worrying about the outcome, starts getting a stress head, mm. worried about everything, getting upset about, you know, how they're going and all that kind of stuff... And they're not doing all that extracurricular stuff. Yeah. Obviously, we like we understand that mental health play and how, how it affects that, but it's almost like every time they start getting stressed in their adult life, they'll go, oh, I need, just need to shut myself down yeah. and not do anything else. Yeah, just apply myself to that one thing and yeah. that's the secret. So it's a quick fire way to drive yourself crazy, I think. Yeah, definitely. Yeah. Talk, talk to me about your gap year and, and more so because I did a gap year. Um, I did you know what you were going to do during your gap year when you decided to have a gap year? You said gap year a lot. Four times. <laughs> um, I knew that I loved to coach. Like I'd been coaching for four years at that stage. Coaching gymnastics? Gymnastics, yes. Um, I knew that I loved that. And so figured I would do my cert three and four so I'd be qualified to coach more and in a different environment and kind of see where that went. But I really didn't have a clue where it was going to take me or if I was actually going to use it or if it was pointless and shouldn't be doing it or anything like that. Um, Yeah. 
it's, it's, it's very similar to like kind of how I looked at it. Like I finished year 12 and I was like, oh, I just I'll apply for exercise science and then yeah. like defer. And then I was like, oh shit, what am I going to do with my year? And like two weeks into Jan, I saw like a little ad for like a Cert 3 and a 4 and diploma. Yeah. The, the government, like this is, this is back. In the <laughs> Did you have computers <laughs> this, then? This is back in 2010, mate. Was there internet? Yeah, there was. We had like wind up internet. Um, <laughs> Where they were like throwing a lot of money at Cert three and four, right? Yeah. It was like a big boom of personal training and, yeah. and stuff like that. So I think the whole course cost me like a couple hundred bucks, um, and it was a ten month course. So ten month course, three days a week. I was like, cool, I'm locked in for the year. I don't really have to think about it. Yeah. If it wasn't for me seeing that ad, like, I don't know if I would have got into ex- like got into coaching. Like, I probably yeah. would have done exercise science, but if you would have had the same yeah, outcome, yeah. yeah. Like, so I was I was just like, oh, I'll just focus on footy and I'll do this. You know. Yeah. I played. I think I played Pokemon on my phone for most of the year. <laughs> yeah. Um, just because it was like a Cert 3 and 4 was, is, is still and was pretty basic. Yeah, um, definitely. And, you know, I grew up playing sports. I kind of understood all that kind of stuff. And yeah. Was playing footy and working a Rebel and I was like, that was my life for, yeah. for that year. Um, how did you go, like, I guess, adding coaching to your, um, to your Cert 3 and 4 and then like, while all your friends were starting uni, how did you go kind of like navigating your way through that 12 months? Um, I, it's a good question. Uh, I did struggle. Like I had, I got it. I'll start again. Use your words. <laughs> I applied for exercise and sports science and then deferred it. And then probably two or three days before all my friends were set to start uni, I, undeferred my offer and yeah. then accepted it and then a day later dropped out nope, nope, yeah. <laughs> Pretty what much. I do? well like everyone was going to o-week and really excited yeah. and i was like oh my god i'm not gonna have any friends i'm not gonna <laughs> know anyone and yeah. i'm just gonna like and i was doing my course online so i really what didn't have there. yeah i didn't really have anyone else and so it was really scary it was really hard but then I just kept doing what I had been. So I just kept coaching, gymnastics coaching. I kept doing aerobics. I kept training at Virtus and I was coming more often. Mm. And then eventually Mitch was like, yeah, you should do this mentorship and kind of just forced me into that <laughs> <laughs> as hard as he could. And here we are. Yeah, pretty much. So it's all his fault. <laughs> so like, it's kind of cool because it's like kind of a bit of sliding doors moments. Like you've got four or five kind of key points in your life where you've made a decision to go one way or the other. Yeah. And, it, you know, it's, it's gotten to you to the point here. Is there anything if you go back you'd change? Um, oh, I don't know. I don't think so. I I would probably try and do a little bit more with my Cert 3 and 4. Like I yeah. I brushed through that and <laughs> just wanted to get my qualification. Like I knew that I could coach and yeah. I knew that I would be able to do everything. I probably could have applied myself a lot more to it yeah. um, and gotten more out of it. Um, whereas I didn't really get much out of it. And got more from the mentorship instead. Um, but is it, like you're the kind of person that learns by doing. Yeah, and definitely. Definitely can see Glenna. So like the online sit there. Yeah, it content, was hard. There's no, yeah. there's no um, surprise that you just wanted to rush through it. Yeah, <laughs> and just start coaching. Yeah, 100%. <laughs> 
Talk to me about how you got stuck in coaching because obviously you were a gymnast first and then you kind of shifted to doing both. Yeah. How'd that happen and when did that happen? Um, I think I was how old were, like 14, just turned 14, I think, um, and I started just kind of shadowing and helping out at my gymnastics club and just kind of uh, watching classes and following around coaches and then I think one of the coaches left or there was a spot that needed to be filled or something and so again kind of just got pushed into that yeah it's like okay this isn't actually that bad um (laughs) you just like float down the river letting people just yeah just waiting for people to push me yeah um yeah and so I just did that and liked that and then got to a stage where I wasn't getting that much out of training anymore and I was getting really scared of skills and was thinking about, oh, my God, I'm going to break my neck and <laughs> I was like, wow, this is pointless doing things that I'm going to break my neck doing and so then stopped training and just started coaching more. Yeah, and then slowly it started shifting the other way and yeah, and just more and more coaching, more and more coaching. Yeah, and then... Eventually, I got to the stage with, like, last year. I was like, wow, I've done gymnastics my entire life. I don't know who the hell I am without gymnastics sort of thing. And so figured I should probably stop for a little bit so I could figure out. That's a good way to get out of your comfort zone. Yeah, and it was really, like, I'd done it since I was five. Like, that was... All I knew, and if someone asked for an interesting fact about me, I said, oh, I coached gymnastics or I did gymnastics for 13 years. Like, it's always something that I was. And so it's weird now not being yeah. in the sport, but it's also good because I definitely needed a break from it. Yeah, and it allows you to open – it opens you up to other experiences. Yeah, definitely. Just coaching it, like – you know, like we can't, I kind of say it about VGT. If you coach the same VGT for every week for the year, you don't necessarily get better at yep. that VGT. Yeah. Um, what was it like, like that whole identity piece with like shifting f- who you were, like being tied to gymnastics to who you are being who I see sitting in front of me? <laughs> um, it was hard. I struggled. Um, I think... Like, I kind of knew last year or when I went into last year, so the start of 2018, that I would probably not be coaching for that much longer or at least the same sort of hours and doing my same job. Yeah. Um, and so I was kind of always preparing myself for it. And then about halfway through the year, I just was like, nah, I've had enough. Like, I can't do it anymore. And just, I don't know, got really stuck and was just butting heads with everyone and really, really struggling as a coach. And I wasn't motivated or anything. And then just the way I was going, like I wasn't a good coach. I wasn't being a good employee. I wasn't helping everyone out. And so I was like, no, I have to leave and just made that decision. As soon as I did, everything got so much easier and I started enjoying it so much more. And like, so the last six months were actually really good because I knew that I it would only be the six months and I would just yeah. be able to leave after that and everything. So yeah. do, you, do you feel like, cause obviously like internally you knew that t- like the time was soon to be up. Yeah. 
before you kind of made that decision, was there that like part of you that was just like fighting it? Definitely. Well, it was more, I think it was more the fact that I was in my comfort zone and I was like, I was safe. I worked two minutes from my house where I had practically grown up. Like I worked with my sister, like I'd known my boss for 14, 15 years and I knew everyone around me. I had an awesome group of girls who I'd had for three or four years and were coaching them and they were great. And so everything was familiar and comfortable. And so that was the hardest bit was having to leave that. Yeah. It's a, it's a big, it's a big move. And yeah. I think, can you see like how people get stuck? Yeah. Like doing the same thing. Or doing yep. things because they're just like, oh, it, Definitely. it's comfortable. And you were able to get out of it. So good job. Yeah. Thank you. I, I hung on to like, it's a simple one, right? I hung on to Rebel Sport for yeah. like, two years longer than I should have just because it was, it was comfortable. It was yep. easy. Also a great employee discount. So <laughs> shout out to the employee discount. But it was, yeah, it, I, I realised, like, when I finally pulled the pin, I was like, why did I hang, yep. hang on to that for so long? Yeah, I didn't need to. Um, yep. But what, like, we're creatures of habit. We, we want to yeah, find that. Definitely. We want to find that comfort as many times as we can throughout the day. You obviously, you dove into the mentorship, and that was kind of a big 12 weeks of personal, professional development for you. Yeah. What advice would you have for the Tessa at the start of that mentorship? If you were able to like sit in front of her now, um, probably just have confidence in myself. I like it did take me a really long time. Like I knew I could coach, and I did know that right at the start. But I was still so scared, so intimidated by everyone, yeah. doubting myself all the time. Um, and so I definitely could have gone into it with a lot more confidence, like, yeah. and just not doubted myself nearly as much as what I did. It probably took me like a month longer than it probably should have to figure out that you could actually coach. Yeah. And that, like, that's what I mean. Like it was, I just doubted myself all the time. Like I, I was, I remember I was really quiet in the first few weeks and. Mate, you said nothing. Yeah, I know. And you've been training with like with Michi for a couple of years. Yeah. Yeah. Two? Like a year yeah. at that stage. Yeah. Yeah. And that's what I mean. Like, and I did just stick to Mitch because I knew him and Cam scared the shit out of me and like it was really hard to then be like hang on like I I can do this and I if I just say what I'm thinking in my head without questioning it yeah nothing bad's gonna happen and I'm just gonna sometimes you occasionally fuck up and then we fix it yeah exactly yeah people just like oh yeah thanks that's helpful or they'll be like no, nah, I don't get that. Okay, <laughs> yeah. okay, cool. I won't say that again then. Yeah, and, yeah, and then that's how you learn. Yeah, exactly. And you figure you figure that out eventually. Yeah. <laughs> what are the main takeaways? Like, the, what are the things that kind of that you that you learned that will kind of stay with you for a long time over that period of time? A lot of it was confidence in myself and um, kind of pulling myself up when I'm being stupid and doubting myself. Like there were so many times I remember when I would be like, Oh no, I can't say this correction to them because they're going to think I'm dumb or they're like <laughs> going to be like, who's this 12 year old telling me what to do and stuff like that. Um, and then slowly I started to say things and no one cared that I was 12 years old and Sorry, that. that they did respect me and stuff like that. And so I think knowing that 
it doesn't matter what I'm going to say. Like, and having that sort of belief in myself, yeah. like it was a good way of actually showing myself that. Yeah. I and mean, it's important because you couldn't just tell yourself that, no. hey, I'm good enough to do this or like I need to be confident. It's, yeah. You actually had to do it. Yeah. And realize time. that. Yeah. Oh, these people aren't as scary as what I thought, and Cam is yeah. actually kind of nice sometimes. He's and... a big teddy bear. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. And for, for everyone listening at home, that those of you that don't know Tessa, she's not actually twelve. So no, <laughs> I am actually nineteen. No, like child labour violations or anything going on. Confusion. So we're, 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 all, we're all good. Everything is above board. I promise. Um, yeah, it's, it's really it's really cool that you can now look back and see that. And then obviously we had. How long has it been now since you finished? Like seven, eight months? Probably. Yeah. What's, what's, how's that eight months differed to your, your 12 weeks in the mentorship from going from a men, mentorship student to a coach? Uh, and kind of what, it, what has it taught you about the world or yourself? Um, another good question. It's taught me that I can coach. Like I don't have to do gymnastics and I don't have to (laughs) be in my comfort zone all the time. Like if I step out of it and like the mentorship was a big thing for me, like it was scary and I was only like 18 at the time, 19. And so it was really hard to be working with all these who looked like 50 year old people like to me looked so much older and so much more responsible and wiser and everything and now I'm like they're just people and so it really helped me break that barrier of age and um like now I feel confident talking to anyone and don't have that doubt that I used to have all the time yeah um, I have kind of forgot the question again. I forgot where I was going. That was like the shift, <laughs> your shift. Yep. And then like, okay. what has it taught you about, I guess, Everything. the world and having, yeah. I think, what has it taught me about the world? That if I ask for things, I get them. Oh, funny that. <laughs> yeah. Um, and like the worst thing someone's going to say is no, which really doesn't matter. Yeah. Um, you just find another way to get them to say yes. Yeah. <laughs> you just get Mitch to ask. Yeah. Um, no, and, like, that really helped. Like, I asked for a job and got it. I asked for lots of things, and mm-hmm. it. Yeah, I, I think, again, it came down to confidence and knowing that or telling myself the worst they're going to say is no and doesn't really matter if they say no sort of thing and just questioning what I was actually thinking and doubting more. It's, um, yeah, and for uh, for your own records, you didn't get a job because you asked for it. You got a job because good. you were confident enough for me to, <laughs> to know that you'd take care of our clients and you yep. were confident enough to know that uh, – or confident enough to know that – for me to know that you were going to continue to want to learn and continue to want to grow. Um and you gave a shit, and like, yeah. and that was it. And you, like, and you kept having a crack. Yeah. Um, and I think that's like, and then secondary to all, all that stuff, you asked. Yeah. Uh, like, um, there's been there's been guys in the mentorship program before that haven't asked or haven't asked the right questions or haven't 
shown interest early enough. Yeah. And even though they're incredibly competent coaches, like they'll miss that opportunity yeah. because they don't ask yeah. or talk about it or at least like say, like, hey, is have there a, a conversation. Like yeah. it's just a conversation. Like, yeah. You know, I think you asked me pretty early on. Like Mitch asked me pretty early on. Um, Jazz asked me like week one because <laughs> you told her to. So can we stop? that system because otherwise I'm just going to hi everyone yeah I hear people asking me like six months before yeah one of the <laughs> biggest growth areas I've seen in you is like your ability to not only coach people but your ability to kind of mentor the current mm. current students yeah has that been something that you've intentionally done or it's just been like well I've been through this I can help them I think a bit of both um I think it's really cool speaking to them and I can't remember, I was talking to Jess about this or something the other day. Um, and we were just talking about how, like, I think someone came up to me and asked me a question that was, like, literally a question I asked myself every <laughs> single day doing the mentorship. Yeah. And it was really cool to be able to give my input and my perspective on that um, because I did go through it. And so, and to know that I'm not asking that question anymore and I'm not yeah. that person anymore, like, it was cool. And, like, every question, like, every time one of the guys comes up to me and asks me something, I'm like, wow, I thought that six months ago. I was like, that's amazing. Like, I am not that yeah. person anymore. That's and awesome. so it is really cool, like, especially with Jazz. She, so many of the questions she has or, like, so many of the doubts that she has were ones that I had as well. Yeah. And to know that now I don't have them, it shows me how much I have grown and have changed as a person. That's um, pretty cool. Yeah, it is. It's a, it's a nice like, little bit of like, reflection for you to yeah. do that. Yeah. Um, and, you know, like, even I find sometimes, like, been doing this for a long time now, <laughs> but you'd ask a question and you feel it, like you already answered it before yeah. you really think about it. And then you go, oh, oh yeah, that, I kind of know what I'm doing. Yeah. Like, I'm not a complete idiot. Yeah. I'm, like, a mostly idiot. Yeah. And, like, yeah, having that, I mean, when I first started, when I first started coaching at Virtus, I was quite intimidated by some of the guys that were coming up through the mentorship because I was like, they're at uni, they know so much more than me, like, they're going to ask me a question I'm not going to know. And then they would ask me something and I would be like, Oh, I can answer yeah. that question and they would want to keep asking me questions. I was like, yeah. wait, they want to learn from me? Yeah, like, that's cool, insane. And then when well, you don't know, when you, they ask something you don't know, you're like, yeah, I'm not I sure. I don't know. Like, let's, like, it's, let's figure it out. Yeah. Like, let's try and find an answer. Let's ask someone else or, yeah. or Google it or figure it out, like, what we actually need to do to find that answer. And like, I find, find it with, like, you guys even – straight out of school or like we got, we've had master students, we've had yeah. physios, we've had like long time strength coaches do it. Like there's, it shows you where your edges are like yeah. as a coach because you start to go, oh, like when someone asks you a simple technical question, like, okay, what's your best cue to stop a elbow bend in a, yeah. in an overhead carry? And it's like, oh, what is my best cue? Like yeah. it, it just makes you read yeah. like, do I actually know what I'm talking about? And if you don't, like, Figure it out. It's just an yeah. opportunity to figure it out. Yeah. What advice would you have for anyone either going through it currently or anyone who might want to do some sort of program like that? Like it doesn't have to be here. There's you know, plenty of yeah. internships out there. Just to 
like commit to it and just to put in as much as you can into it because if you do everyone around you will give just as much back um and just to have a go like you're there to learn so people aren't going to care if you make a mistake because you are there because you don't know everything because you're wanting to learn more no and so no <laughs> absolutely not <laughs> but so i think just don't be scared to make mistakes because no one's going to care if you do that's great advice thank you same thing goes down like now that you're a coach yeah nothing changes yeah exactly title changes the way you live your day changes a little bit but you know whether you're like ceo or like you know intern it's exactly the same at any business everyone's just doing their best with their current capacity yeah they're doing it they're they're trying to i guess extend or transcend that who they are yeah and that's it yeah what what does actually another question about coaching what are your current holes as a coach and this can kind of move to a bigger question of like what are your current like holes or growth areas as a person? Definitely my, like, and it's been it for the past year. Like, and I've known since I moved away from gymnastics, it's my, I think more my knowledge, like my technical knowledge. I know that's not near where it should be or near where I want it to be sort of thing. Um, and it's been something that I've worked on and going into physio, something that I know will get stronger, like all my anatomy, I'm going to have so much more time to work on it and actually have a exam on it and everything like that. And so that side of my coaching definitely isn't up to par. You're in the, you're in the, it's, it's definitely up to par but it's just it's not up to your lofty standards which yeah which is a good thing because yeah like yeah you like neither, is mine, neither is greg is greg's neither is cabs like there's so always going to be like room to grow yeah. but you're in the the wonderful position of being able to coach in the morning and apply stuff and then go to uni for yeah. a couple of hours learn it learn more come um, and apply more come and apply more and go oh that's how that works like, yeah you know here's what doesn't work and it's going to be i don't know i'm pretty excited to see you develop both sides of the yep. the, the skill set this year. Yeah. What are you most excited for around the just diving into uni? Obviously, you've we spoke about having a year off, kind of figuring it all out while your friends are at uni, and now like you're about to dive into uni, and you have what three days into O week. Yeah. Um. I think probably the fact that I can see myself doing it excites me the most. Like the fact that like we on Monday, one of our lecturers was going through what we're doing next week. And like we start doing massage next week in our first prac class. And we start doing um, like, we're learning about cases and going to be role playing different scenarios and stuff like that for if people come to me with those issues and the fact that I actually get to do it and get an environment that I can do it safely um, is really exciting because yeah. like there's so many times when I feel like I want to be able to help someone with an injury. I want to be able to give them more advice or yeah. something like that. Um, and the fact that I'm 
actually going to be allowed to and going to like know what I should be doing and what I shouldn't be doing and stuff like that is really cool. So. It's exciting. Mm. Yeah, that's awesome. How, how, like outside of, outside of the physio stuff and like the test technical aspects of it, um, how do you want to develop over the next like six, 12 months? As a person, as a, as person, a coach. Yeah. As a, as a, I think it's the same question. Um, like you, were, you were part of the crew that went up to Sydney a couple of weeks ago and like that was kind of a big, um, I, know, I thought it was sort of as like a big kind of mindset shift changer kind of yeah. deal, um, in terms of what we're actually doing. Yeah. Um, how did that conversation affect you and how does it like affect the next however long? Um, there was like 20 questions in there. I yeah, the first I, do, one was. I tend to do that. Um, how does it affect me? I think over the next few, especially over the next few months and year, I want to make sure I keep improving everything, not just like I know I'm going to be putting lots into uni to be a better physio. But I also know that my end career isn't just doing physio. And so I want to make sure I keep doing little courses or doing little trips to Sydney and like doing lots of things that are still going to help my coaching and help or even just benefit me in my life, like savings and different mindset stuff. And um, I call it learning how to be an adult. Yeah, all that sort of stuff. Making sure I do that too. The don't be shit series. I'm currently going through the don't be shit with money, like little little task task book, and it's working. Three days, <laughs> wow. Three days in. It's <laughs> amazing. Like yeah. a book works. Yeah, I know. Who would have thought? But it's like, like it's one of those things that you start to realize how much the stuff you learn at uni, and you know, I, I can I know you're already learning this stuff, but how much uni will help your coaching and how much yep. coaching will help your life and how much life will help your relationships and yeah. how much, like it's it's all just this melting pot of skills that you learn that yep. helps everything yeah and i think it's really important for anyone that's like diving into something and like all that time coaching gymnastics and all that time doing gymnastics and you know i'm sure you can look back at all the times where you someone threw a ball at you at netball <laughs> and you probably dropped it or let it hit your face yes or you did athletics and or pole vault. All those times that all of that is just little ways of getting better and adding context to what you're actually doing and yep. where you're actually headed. Yeah, and it's pretty exciting. Yeah, it is. I got three questions for you to finish off. Okay. Actually, no, I've got four questions for you. Oh. Tell me about World Challenge because you explained <laughs> you explained a little bit about it before. Um, what is it? Why'd you do it? And what'd you learn from it? Um, World Challenge is like. I mean, it's a program ran in most schools, lots of schools, that takes a group of kids or high school students overseas um, for usually, mine was four weeks, to just go overseas and (laughs) do different things. And the way World Challenge structures it is you do a week on a project, so helping out something you do a week trek a week of relaxation time and you have a week kind of travel and everything like that and so I went to Malaysia um and the idea of world challenge is that it's a student-ran 
expedition. So like our first night of accommodation was booked and that was it. And our teachers, we had two teachers with us and one world challenge leader and they didn't have much input and we had to budget. Like we got given his 10,000 baht now do what you want for the next month (laughs) with it pretty much. And like, so we had to budget and we had to book our accommodation. We had to pay for our food and we had to figure everything out. That's pretty powerful. there. Yeah. Yeah. And for like 16 year old Tessa, it was (laughs) a challenge. What was the the main like culture shocks for 16 year old Tessa? Um, It was like by that time I had been, I'd been to America I've been to Singapore. I went to Fiji when I was four, which I don't remember <laughs> much of. And so, like, I'd been most places in Australia, but I'd yeah. never really been somewhere third world. Yeah. Um, like, Singapore was a little bit, but it's quite... It's a pretty affluent part of Asia. Yeah, it's quite a wealthy country. And so going to Malaysia and seeing the fact that as soon as you're out of the airport everything is falling apart. Like the sidewalks were terrible. There was people everywhere living on the streets and like it was really different to see. I think the biggest cultural shock was the fact that Kuala Lumpur like actually as a main city was not great still. Like I was expecting it to be like Melbourne and then as you go further away it gets worse and worse but it's the whole country. Um, mm. pretty much so that was crazy you make grateful for what we have here yes definitely <laughs> yeah for sure um, like our one of our projects was at a boarding school for kids whose families um, like live in the jungles and so like we went and visited one of the family's tribes and they literally lived in huts and didn't have clothes and didn't have technology and didn't yeah. have anything. And so it was crazy to think, like, I can't remember, it was like 2016 or something. I was like, oh, yeah, the world's like modern. Everyone's got houses and yeah. has a job. And to see that there's people that literally just live in the jungle and hunt for food and cook yeah. that food, and like, it was insane. Like, it was really crazy. Yeah, it, it shows you how wide and variety and varied the world is yeah and how many different ways people live and even though like where the world is you know three years later the world is probably a little bit getting more modernized more yep. modernized more modernized and technology is getting bigger and bigger but there's still going to be pockets of that yeah you know probably forever yeah it's um yeah it's really cool uh, do you have i guess big travel ambitions like in the future or is that something that's like kind of on the back burner at the moment definitely on the back burner at the moment it's something that i would love to do and with uni like they're talking about all the different opportunities like we get to we can work overseas and there's so many different trips and stuff and they're definitely stuff that I'm going to look into and would love to do because I know how much I got out of those like that trip and so many other trips that I've been on um so it's definitely something that I want to keep doing forever it's pretty cool yeah yeah, I've got heaps of travel tips for you. Heaps of places. Anyway, all right, so we've got three questions for you to finish off. Okay. What are you most proud of? Oh, I didn't think about these. Um, what am I most proud of? Myself. Why? Um, um, as if you didn't know that was coming as a follow-up question. Yeah, I know. 
I... I don't know. I like to think I'm pretty... Um, I mean, one of what I think is my best quality is that I'm pretty open to people's or not like switched on to people's emotions and stuff like that. And so I am pretty proud of my, myself that I can understand what people are going through. And I think this can make me sound like I have a big head. Um, I am proud of myself. The fact that I can do that because I know it's not something that I've always been able to do. Like I, very much used to be in my own bubble and didn't really care what anyone else thought. Yeah. And then now I can see, I like to put myself in other people's shoes. And I can see that they're, their struggles and yeah. yeah. And so I think that ability to be able to do that yeah. from when I was like 16 and didn't do care about anything. Do you think that's come from being a coach, from seeing other people struggle, from travel, from not being an angsty teenager? What do you think it's come from? <laughs> um, I think a bit of everything. Yeah. Um, Experiences. Yeah. I think going through things as well and having people who can do the same sort of thing. Um, like when my mum had a motorbike accident and having people that could put themselves in my shoes helped me so much yeah. and having people that could empathize and sympathize with me really did help me get through it. And so, um, I think that really helped me like seeing how much it helped me, helped me yeah. help others. <laughs> yeah. Awesome. That's cool. What are you most confident about? I sound confident. Um, I don't know. What am I most comfortable about? My sass. <laughs> Tessa's getting sassy. So <laughs> if, uh, if anyone can help Tessa be less sassy, that'd be great. She's <laughs> getting a bit big for her britches. Just a little. Um, I think it's probably going to contradict <laughs> what I'm saying right yeah, now. but a lot. I think oh, I've kind of forgotten now. Wait, I think I'm most confident about the fact that I'm confident what I know, cool. if that makes sense. Yeah. It's like I I know that I can coach and I know that I can write programs and I know that I can help people yeah. through mental blocks and stuff like that. And I'm really confident in all of those abilities that I do have. You know you can just keep building on that. Yeah. Yeah rather than feeling like you have to go back to the start of all the time. Yeah. Which is definitely, definitely common. Last question for you. What are you most excited for? Um, what am I most excited for? This year? It's going to be a big one. Yeah. It's, it's going to be a challenge, like, and I know that, and I know I'm really going to struggle through uni with everything um but I'm excited for that challenge I'm excited to push myself and to learn and to grow and to be better good answer yeah. <laughs> I guess you've got, you've got so many people that are here to support you and like 
and help you through it. So you can yeah. be fine. Mate, good job. Thanks. Thanks for coming on. We're only sweating a lot. Ah, it happens. It happens. <laughs> it's not even that warm in here. Just nervous. I am. Last one for you. Tell me a joke. No. <laughs> you said you weren't going to ask this question. What do you got for me? I don't what have. What do you got for the people at home? I don't have jokes. Oh, I'm no. not a funny person. <laughs> um, I'm literally not going to be able to think of one. And on that note, <laughs> be good. See you guys. 